0: All oh, right, here we go. Um, 3,334 years ago, the Jews were camped around Mount Sinai, and they didn't exactly know what was going to happen. They knew something was going to happen. They didn't quite know. They knew to stay away from the mountain. And they were making some preparations. So it's it's uh, we actually have the advantage is we have the uh, same energy in the air that was there then, but we know what's coming, you know. The energy here now is is one of um, of Torah study, of of, of depth, of shua's uh, the marriage, and the verse really consider the marriage of the Jewish people to God. And uh, it's a very very special day, a very happy day. Uh, there's so many beautiful customs to eat dairy and all kinds of, uh, and to have flowers. And uh, it's really just a very very nice. There's the ancient custom to stay up all night and, and study with the exhilarating, but uh, <laughs> exhausting, ice cream parties galore. So, but we do have this year. We have the amazing luxury of of having a Shabbos before where uh, we can have a beautiful restful Shabbos and then go right into Shavuos. Usually it's like a mad dash and uh, so we have the extra blessing this year of um, of having the Shabbos before. So that, given the fact that there is a Shabbos, the Shabbos is, has a parasha. Parsha. Parsha's is Bamidbar. Now um, it is a, a connection. The commentaries talk about uh, extensively uh, Hashem arranged things that the total portion that are around a particular holiday, there are connections. So um, we'll certainly talk about that tonight for a little bit as we get ready for Shavuos. So... Um, this first idea is near and dear to my heart. Chapter three, verse one. It says, "These are the generations of Aaron and Moshe, on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe at Mount at the mountain of Sinai." So the uh, Rashi here famously says, "It's interesting." It says, these are the generations of Aaron and Moshe. So you would think it's about to list their children and grandchildren. But it doesn't do that. It tell, uh, and it tells us that they taught the Jewish people. And Rashi quotes the famous passage in the Talmud, called, As Ben If I teach someone else's child torah the torah looks at it as if i gave birth to them so anyone who's a teacher has thousands of kids and the truth is we're all teachers we all teach people things anyone i know you automatically you're a teacher but the hobbit Chaim says over here he, he he exhorts people how great is the mitzvah to teach someone else Torah who would not learn it otherwise. And that's what the, the, the Talmud specifically says, he who teaches his friend's son Torah, meaning why is his friend's son not learning with their parent because their parent is unable to teach them. And the uh, Chavetz Chai continues, and he says just how people are, I can tell you it's much easier to raise money for the needy. Often you put out a campaign, there's a need for this, and oh, someone needs this, and people will open up their wallets. But then when it comes to something that is for, that, that's Jewish, often it, people may not be as quick. But the Chuppet time says that the biggest favor you can do to someone is to help their spiritual clothing. So the same way you got an email that would say, Clothe orphans. People will give money, says the Chaim. Well, if someone is spiritually orphaned, that's even more important. So certainly uh, Shruis is time where we're teaching people Torah. And now the truth is that it it, it comes from a loving of your neighbor. If you don't care about someone else, right, you're not going to help them physically. Well, if you don't care about someone else you're not going to help them spiritually either. And that is famously the greatest preparation that the Jewish people made 3,334 years ago was they had unity. They camped in unison. They, they were of one spirit, of one goal. And that is now, because we're getting ready for Shulis, you want to have a beautiful Shulis, want to reconnect to the Torah, reconnect to Hashem, Number one thing you can do is is promote brotherhood, peace, um, respect, and that's that. So the Parsha talks about, famously talks about how the, the Jews were counted, and it talked about how they traveled a certain set formation as they traveled the 40 years in the desert. And in chapter two verse seven, Says, um, talks about the two tribes. And you have uh, the tr- two tribes that are famously eternally connected, Yisachar and Zvulun. And when it lists these two tribes that they travel next to each other, it doesn't have the typical prefix. The letter vav, which would mean and. And the commentators note, take note of this. Why is there no word and connecting the tribes Zebulun and Yisachar? And the commentators say that this symbolizes that they were one hundred percent partners. Now, what was their famous partnership in? Today, there's actually programs that are copied after this. But at the time, Yisachar, the the Trabi Yisachar, and actually the original the Yisachar, who was a son of Jacob, and then his his children after him. So they were known as those who studied Torah. They were the ones who spent time. They were dedicated to keeping the knowledge, knowledge base, and and their and the brothers Zulan, the tribe Zulan, they were known as very successful businessmen. And they made a pact. Yisachar said to Zulan, you know what? You guys are really good at studying Torah. You guys got, you're able to sit for a long time. You're able to focus for a long time. You got the kind of mind that anyone can study Torah. Don't get me wrong. It was clear that he, he, that tribe had a particular uh, 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 propensity towards it, and Zvolen said, "Look, we're good at business. How about we will a hundred percent support you? Make sure you have all the money and food and clothing you need, and we have a deal. We are have a spiritual deal. We're equal partners because." The human condition requires you have things taken care. Of. Well, that takes time and time and money. So we, and then that's a famous thing today. Many, many yeshivas, many schools will have a program called a Yesachar Zvulun program, which means that people sign up to support people studying Torah. Now, the real pact, there is a real document where where the Zvulun actually takes on full responsibility. Is a document that they both could take to heaven and that they both get equal equal um, stake in the uh, in the endeavor of studying Torah now these flags the Torah talks a lot about the flags every tribe had a flag now we know every country has a flag I think every state has a flag flag is you know I don't think we're as into flags as we used to be but flags historically, We're a very important part of a uh, nationality. In fact, I believe still in the United States. I think in most countries, you burn the flag of the country. It's it's a very severe offense, and it's considered a you know a real act of, of, of lack of patriotism. And but the tribes, the flags, you know, they weren't just for fun. They were representative and to bring home messages. And the flag of Zavoon was that of a ship. Now, in the old days, uh, commerce um, was, uh, was 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 uh, largely done through ships. Still is today. A lot of ships around. And why, why did why did Hashem or why 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 was the program to have a ship on? Zvulun's flag. And the answer is, I saw there's a number of answers, but I think the most common answer is that Zvulon, as we just said, was a person who is dedicated to making a lot of money, enough money to support themselves and a whole other tribe. Now, a person who is in such a position, people who have a lot of money, There's a danger of having a lot of money. One of the dangers of having a lot of money, and I've seen this, I know a lot of wealthy people, and I know some who really impress me. They're just incredibly humble, even though they have all this money. And I can't judge them, but I've seen the opposite also. Sometimes someone can make a lot of money, especially if they make it quick and they make it when they're young. But it can happen at any age. It gets to your head and you think, it's all me. I'm a big, powerful guy. And Hashem knew that that would be a tendency, and that's a normal tendency. Same thing can happen with any physical. So someone is they're physically very strong or very smart or good at something, we have a tendency to think it's all about me, and that's not good because then if you forget about Hashem, if you forget about Hashem, nothing is good. So this is why, since Hashem knew that Zvulun was going to have this challenge of making a lot of money and thinking, oh, maybe, you know, he'll forget about God, he put this ship on his flag. Because you know what happens when you're on a ship, certainly today, no, even today, but especially in the old days, it doesn't matter how much money you have, and COVID kind of did this to us also, it doesn't matter how much money you have if you're on a ship at sea and it might get sea wrecked, everyone's praying to God. Anybody knows that, the, that if God doesn't uh, make the waves get weaker, then uh, it ain't happening. So that is, was the reason why it was there. And not that we want to have doom and gloom, but, uh, you know, God often sends us messages that we're supposed to try to listen to. To inspire us to kind of and they say, you know, God prefers to keep him in the picture in a positive way. So we want to always, you know, and that's why I think nice thing about Shrewis, Shrewis is really the beginning of a relationship with God. And we keep that relationship strong, and we don't need any reminders. Now, Moshe was a little bit nervous. I don't know what that really nervous saying we're nervous, but he had a concern. And his concern was that God says to him, you know, I want the Jews to have flags. and I don't want them to have a set formation. And there's going to be some tribes that are going to be more prominently situated as leaders than others. And Moshe was, uh, he knew the Jewish people. And he was concerned that this might uh, end up in some jealousy. And Hashem said to him, Moshe, don't worry. Beat you to it. I knew that this was going to happen, and I know that's challenging. But actually, the Jews are going to travel in the same exact formation that when the sons of Jacob carried Jacob's body back to Israel from Egypt, it was going to be in the same order. And... The message that Yaakov was teaching them then, when it didn't really matter that much, it was just one little trip to Israel, but he was teaching them the need to stay civil under pressure, because he said, "This is the order you're going to be in, and it's going to be, and it's going to be that way in the future." And being under pressure is really when a person uh, needs to and does uh, show their true colors, but. The best way to do it is to learn the things you need ahead of time. And that's actually going into Shrewis. It's like everything. The more you put in, the more you get. Shrewis is coming up. We still have about, about 48 hours. You know, you learn about Shrewis today, it's easy. And we're talking a little about Shrewis tonight. But you can look online, you can read books. There's so much you do to get ready for Shuris and then you show up to Shuris you're like wow so so we gotta get ready for Shuris now in chapter 4 verse 2 I'm actually very excited because a lot of times when you have a Torah portion before a holiday you end up forgetting about the Torah portion and we're not supposed to forget about the Torah portion so I'm happy that there's so much connection and God set it up the way on purpose between the Torah portion and the Shavuos. So in chapter 4, it discusses the travel formation of the Levites, the Levites. So Hashem says, Moshe, here's the following formation. And it says that the sons of Kahus should travel first. Now the son Kahus was not the oldest son of Levi. Kahas was very prestigious because kahas, Moshe and Aaron came, came from Kahas. So Levi's second son gets to go first. Now, why is he getting to go first? He's getting to come first because the greatness of Moshe and Aaron was not that they were these, uh, uh, they were incredible people, but we do know that they worked very hard. And Aaron became known as the most peaceful man to ever live. And Moshe became known, he is the greatest prophet. So it shows there that obviously there's certain objective attributes, age and all kinds of things, but working hard is really where it's at. And then everyone knows that in relationships also. I, I spend a lot of time discussing with, People even younger than me, or even my age, people who are discussing dating, a lot of dating discussions. And a lot of times it comes up, what's important in a relationship? And one of the most important things is that you got to work hard. (laughs) You got to work hard. And the relationship we have with Hashem, which started 3,334 years ago, obviously there was this connection beforehand, but the formal jews becoming the jewish people really happens with uh in a, in a certain sense uh it means there's a lot of work it's a great thing but it's uh it is a lot of work um so this week's Torah portion is so nitty-gritty you got you're counting the jewish people and you count how many and how they travel, and the flags, and it's really a tremendous amount of verse, very little practical application. No, I don't know if there's any commandments in this week's Parsha. It's it's not much of a storyline, and, you know, you would think that, you know, why is the Torah spending so much time? And this is a common question that people have about Judaism. What with all the details... Who cares if I move something with the back of my hand, or I uh, ask someone uh, not Jewish to do something, or who cares if I uh, wait? Or I, There's so many things that are details, and really, it's a ridiculous question, because everyone knows the devil's in the details. Any business has details. Right. Any successful sports, my goodness. You know, you stay, uh, ask Michael Jordan or LeBron James how much videotape they could, they could watch this. They watch every nanosecond of every game 10 million times to see what they could do a little teeny bit better. And, uh, Elon Musk, all these big successful businessmen, whatever people are successful at, is it's it's because they they pay attention to, to uh, to details, and uh, the Torah is no different, and, uh, you know, this is life, you know, uh, a lot of times people say, oh, if there was 25 hours in the day, I'd be able to do so much more, and the answer is not true, if someone, someone uh, pays attention to the details in their day, they get a lot done, actually, um, and, uh, and there's so many, today, there are a lot, there's so many gimmicks, quote-unquote. That we've come up with that are helpful. You know, kind of Dafyomi, for example. Simple idea. You know, that's that that's one example, works for many people. It's a system. Page of Talmud a day. It works. For you great. Doesn't work, that's also okay. But details and how things go about are pretty much how you're gonna be successful at at anything. And uh, that's what that's why Torah is so special because. When, when a person studies Torah, they see how, how we, we care about every single little detail, and we spend a lot of time on those details. And people really enjoy talking about those details. And people, in, like, in life, anything that you like, if you look at it, you, will, you enjoy those details. If you're a person who likes art, or you're a person who likes history, whatever it is that you like, I guarantee you, you uh, you like the details about that thing? Okay, a couple more ideas, and we keep review. So, famous thing: the Jews are counted, six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty. That's how many Jews were at living at the time, which men between the ages of twenty and sixty. You do the math. Approximately the same amount of females. Approximately the same amount of people older and younger than that. Rough estimate, you got about three million Jews. And everyone asks, why are we, uh, why are we, why does God need to count for? God knows. The answer is famous answer: that things that you like, you count again and again and again. You ever have a baseball card collection? You go through your cards you like your stamp collection, whatever you like. Anything people like, people liked their, you know, Scrooge McDuck used to like to count his money. Everybody, everybody, uh, everybody um, has things they like. Now, I remember reading something once that um, hmm, that someone had a guest for Shabbos who had 18 siblings and you know today a lot of people have a lot of kids and so someone asked this person he said you know you have so many siblings Do you think your parents would notice if let's say number 14 was missing or not missing but you think that each kid feels special And that particular family, he said, yes, my parents did a great job. And we all felt, we all felt special. And that's the idea of counting. The idea of counting is that each person really, 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 really matters. And we all know that. Because we've all been in situations where we mattered. And in that situation, if you wouldn't have done what you had to do, something important wouldn't have happened. And... uh, That is probably one of the strongest messages in Judaism, Uh, particularly with Shavuos. You know, we're told our tradition says that every one of us was at Mount Sinai, which means every one of us heard God talk. That's pretty incredible. Um, And uh, God cares what we do; it matters what we do, and that's a pretty big supposed to be a pretty big motivator. And if you actually Think about it; it is a big motivator to do what you got to do. Lastly, before we do a quick review, what the Torah was given in the desert. Not only was given the desert; was given on a small mountain in the desert. Famous songs about this, lots of preschool projects with this. But all the commentators talk about what now, and the truth is. The name, a little bit of a misnomer, the name of this Torah portion in this book is called In the Desert. Although most English things, they call it Numbers, which is not a translation of the word Bamidbar. It means in the desert. And it's very appropriate because if a person wants to attain wisdom, the the Talmud says you got to... Make make yourself into a desert. What's a desert? There's nothing there. It's totally whatever comes is 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 present. The person comes into Torah, in fact, with preconceived notions, and and really just wants to put their own agenda into the Torah, the Torah says that it's not gonna work. And we know this. Want to learn something, you gotta be open listening to what's there pretend moment now, obviously we're very into being inquisitive and being analytic. but the first thing you got to do this thing i learned from my my uh one of my main teachers rabbi gibber years ago this point definitely over 20 years remember i went into his class the first time and it was a different very different style of class than i was ever used to much different than the stat the classic uh I could say, analytical Torah discussions I was used to. And it was, to me, seemed overly simple, uh, the method that he gave the class. And I said, when Tim, I said, Rabbi Gibber, you know, it's a pleasure to listen to you. But, you know, I wonder if, 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 if this is a good use of my time. I basically asked him. I said, I don't understand. I don't understand the purpose of your class. Seems too easy. So he said, maybe you're right, but I have a suggestion. I want you to try. He said, I want you to come into my class and forget everything you studied all morning and just listen to what I have to say and try to understand what I'm saying. And after you think you understood what I said, then you can ask any question you want. But first, do us both the favor and forget how you understood the piece of Talmud beforehand. Just spend, try to understand what I'm saying. This is good communication in general, by the way. Uh, to try to understand what the person's saying. And I'm very grateful because I ended up staying with Abba Gibber's class for four years. And that actually is a big way in the way I study Torah that you, you read something and you try to understand what it's saying, and then you ask questions on it. And that is the way to grow in Judaism. Is Unfortunately, today it's very common. People take an agenda and then they build the Torah around it. But really what you got to do is you got to just study the Torah, jump in the Torah. Certainly you can question it. We, 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 we welcome all kinds of questions. But the questions, first understand it. Try to understand it. Give it the credit. It's been there for a long, long time. 3,000. 334 years we've had the Torah, and the Jewish people is a pretty proven product. We've been through everything. We are stronger than Chevy trucks and Tonka trucks, and that strength that we have is the Torah. Is the, the Torah the gift we got from God? God's wisdom to mankind. Just last night I was discussing with someone somewhat what the Torah says about marriage, and it. It blew their mind, this simple but not so simple wisdom the Torah offers. And Hashem gave the human beings the godly wisdom, how to use this world, how to be successful at everything. And a quick review, we started off by saying uh, we learned from this week's Parsha how the same way that a person understands the need... To help people with their physical needs, their Chavitz learns from the sixth parsha that helping someone with their spiritual needs is even more important. And A person should feel that the only way you're going to do that is if you care about someone. You care about someone, so you're going to care about their physical and their spiritual. We learned from Zavol and Yisachar that they were real partners, they weren't jealous of each other, they each knew their role and they were successful. We learned how a person has to remember that everything comes from Hashem. We learned that uh, everyone, you know, it's important even under pressure to kind of know and be civil the same way they had their own formation, had their spot in the desert. We learned how the greatest thing is not so much maybe what you're born with, but what you do with what you're 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 endowed with. Um, we learned about um, being humble and how being humble is the way you're going to grow in anything, but particularly in in, in Torah study. And lastly, we talked about the importance of every single person. Now. In, in keeping with what we said in the name of the class, love your neighbor, if you realize how important you are, then you realize, one second, if I'm so important, the other person's also very important. And that really epitomizes the concept which we're trying to do right now the next two days. The only time in Jewish history, only time Moshiach comes, that there was absolute unity. Absolute respect amongst all the Jewish people. It happened right as the Jewish people slid into Shavuos. So these next two days were really, really incredible days. The Jews were getting to that point of absolute unity. And how do they get to absolute unity? They had a unity of purpose. You have a unity of purpose, right? We know this. When, the th- when things are tough, people kind of forget their differences, and they come together, and they do what they got to do. And that's what the Jewish people did then. And that's what God willing will do now. Everyone should have a beautiful Shabbos and beautiful Shuis. And uh, we should have an enjoyable re getting of the Torah like we do every year. Enjoy the cheesecake, enjoy the ice cream. You're allowed to have meat also, just not together. Um, but uh, six meals this, this time. So that's a lot of meals. Enjoy them all, and thanks for listening.